himself into a cup is a better goddamn idea. Oh, there's something I can do. I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Have you checked the children? We all go a little mad sometimes. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Hello and welcome back to another episode of From Dusk Till Dawn. I am your host, Dawn. Don Lahi. This is a horror movie review podcast where we like to review horror movies. The way that we choose our horror movie is that we go to a horror movie generator. We hit generate and it gives us a movie. And this week's uh, pick from the generator was The Belko Experiment. That's right. Directed by Greg McLean. And don't really do this, but because, you know, it is who it is. It was written by James Gunn. And a couple little things might pop up about that. Uh, this movie got a 6.1 on IMDb, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 54%. Yes. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the plot reads, In a twisted social experiment, 80 Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in Bogota, Colombia, and ordered by an unknown voice coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. That's pretty much it. The first line to this is, no, Greg, no. I needed those files this morning. Let's just get right into it. This movie was kind of in my perfect uh, point of um uh, Length, it was 89 minutes, so thank you for that. Uh, I didn't really like the main character in this, so that kind of sucks that just almost immediately I was put off by him. Uh, no offense to the actor, maybe it was just his character. His character was Mike Milch, and he's played by John Gallagher Jr. John Gallagher Jr., pretty cool name, but... Just right off the bat, didn't really enjoy uh, watching him in this. Don't know why. He just didn't have the uh, the it, the snap, the pop, the crackle for me. I just couldn't get into it, and I don't know why. The other characters in it loved them. He, as a leading man, just didn't uh, didn't pull my my strings too hard. Uh, the pacing to this, like I said, it was an hour and 29 minutes, 89 minutes. The pacing in this was bad, really bad, because it felt like a two and a half hour long movie really pulled your teeth out. Um, and I just, there could have been a lot more with a lot, like more is less or less is more in a different point of view, but also they had opportunities to kind of dig deeper into the reason why this social experiment is happening to them and they don't, they just kind of baseline it the whole way. So I don't know. I don't know. And I reviewed Slither, which was directed and written by James Gunn. And that kind of had the same feeling to it. It had the, the baseline of a horror movie of whatever it was trying to get across and it got it across there was just nothing there to kind of wrap it up in a nice, cute little bow and put it under the horror movie tree uh, and, you know, me be excited for it. So, sorry. 
the intensity was high at all times, but that didn't help with the pacing whatsoever. Uh, and the intensity starts immediately. Everything kind of starts right off the bat. So, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, we get introduced to Barry Norris, the boss of this uh, Belco, and he is played by the one, the Oni Tony, the Oni Tony, uh, Tony Goldwyn. Any kind of movie watcher, you'll know that he is in Ghost. He is in Last House on the Left. He is in a TV show called Scandal as Fitzgerald Grant. That's right. Uh, and he was in one of a movie from one of my favorite franchises. Uh, he was in Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. But he gets taken out pretty much immediately. But loved him in that. And one of his biggest roles is that he voiced Tarzan in the 1999's Tarzan. So... And he looks great in a suit. He always looks good in a suit. So loved him popping up. Great. Then immediately we see a new hire come on. I'm like, okay, we're getting into it here. We're figuring out the office dynamics within this place. We're meeting all the different people in the office, and they're trying to immerse you into this being like, you know the deal. You've worked in an office. I personally haven't worked in an office, but I can understand what uh, is being said by these certain things. Then we see John C. McGinley, who he plays Wendell Dukes. And anytime that I see him in anything, if he's the asshole, if he is the uh, anything I see him in, I, I, I love him. He's in Point Break. He's in Scrubs as Dr. Perry Cox. He is in Platoon. He's in Seven. He's in, like, just any time that he pops up in a movie, I'm always down to just kick my feet back and see what this guy brings up because he's got this weird, sinister vibe to him. And he, and he, and he nails it. He just always nails it. So I did really like him in this film. Um, but like I said, they were kind of going around the um, office, meeting all the office folk, meeting all the, you know, the people that you might run into an office, you might run into these people at an office. Sorry, I think my tongue's extra heavy today. Uh, and it's like the, the people who show uh, their pictures of their kids, or their boring weekend, and then you have the office mom, and then you have the office uh, flirt, and then you have the office creep, and then you have the sassy one, and then you have the Karen, and then you have the one that, you know, brought uh, a tuna, a tuna melt for lunch, and they stink up the apartment. You have the over, over friendly uh, stoner, and then you have the mean stoner, and then you have uh, the 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 big brother, and then you have the big sister, and then you have the little brother, and then you have the little sister. All those vibes. You have your work wife. You have your work husband. You know the ones. Come on. A work mommy, a work daddy. That's what I'm talking about here. But you meet all them, you meet all the stereotypes, and it's great. Once once again, I haven't really worked in an office, so I don't have a work mommy or daddy. Um, but immediately, the intercom comes on, and they say, kill at least two people right now, or shit's going to get fucked. And they all go, this is a joke, you're crazy. 
then the building all locks up with like metal metal gates, metal walls, and all the windows, and they turn off the AC. Now, when the metal walls were coming up over the windows and the doors and stuff, very CGI. 2016, I know, but this was very CGI. We could have blurred it. We could have done a little handheld. We could have done something that wasn't just focusing in on how extremely fake this looked, but it is what it is. It's it It's fine. I, it, it's fine. Okay. Uh, the building locks up. Then we got, uh, then we got our boy here who's in pretty much every James Gunn movie, Michael Rooker. Uh, love this guy named Bud Milks, Milk, Milks, Milks. And, uh, and then we also have another kind of not necessarily, uh, James Gunn alumni, but he's in, he's a here and there. David Desmalishan playing Lonnie Crane. Uh, and they're kind of the jan not not janitors, more the the handymen in the in the building. And they're going to try to torch it. They're going to try to torch their way out. And does it work? No. This metal is not from Earth, apparently. And I don't mean that literally, or that it was in the movie, but it just doesn't melt. And they never explain any of that whatsoever. Anything that goes in doesn't necessarily come out. But they're locked in there. They don't have any connection to the outside world then out of nowhere people's heads start blowing up they figure out oh shit when we signed on to this job uh we let them chip us so that was just a random thing brought up and then they went yeah for security purposes because people get uh kidnapped a lot from here i get that um, and unless you're working for Elon Musk, don't let a company chip you, especially in your head. Why, why your head? Why your head? Chip me in my butt. Chip me in my thumb. What's, what's going on? Don't do that. Don't let people do that either. Um, so once we figure that out, um, Mikey boy... Our, our main character, he tries to cut it out of his head with a box cutter, and he tries to sterilize the box cutter with uh, some warm tap water. So that, uh, and it doesn't work because the intercom says, hey, put that shit down. Do not open your skull up and take that little thing out of your head, or we'll detonate it. And he was pretty close. And during the whole movie, I'm like, he must have gotten it out. Right? I don't know. He must have. Also, another little uh, red flag. There's an armory in this building. And maybe just because I'm from Canada and we don't have a lot of armories in business buildings. But that kind of, I was like, all right, I guess. I guess I'll, I'll swallow that pill, I suppose. Don't necessarily agree with that or understand why there would be an armory in a building, I I guess because Columbia can be dangerous, so that's why they have it. I think that's why they put it, they placed the movie here. They must have run into th like things when they were writing. They're like, well, if it was America, we wouldn't have to have. Well, they would, but they, they should have just made it in Canada or something, and they could have been like, uh, hey, uh, 
hey there, we got a uh, uh, stock room just full of maple syrup. I don't know what I'm trying to say. The intercom, after they kill a couple people with the bombs and they figure out what's going on, the intercom uh, brings up how you guys have to kill 30 people out of the whatever's left. And if you don't kill 30 people by 2.30, which pretty much gives them like two and a half hours or something, then we're going to kill 60 people. So now the stakes are high and it's kind of intense. And immediately I'm like, what would I do? Once again, just randomly with no explanation, Michael Rooker, um, Bud here goes with Lonnie, uh, his his other handyman helper, and they just try to go turn the air conditioning on, which I get, but it's also like, um, you guys are going to die. Like, shouldn't you be with the rest of the group? But they're like, no, 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 we want to be like air conditioned. So we're going to go fix this. Uh, Lonnie gets a little upset and he, and he starts swinging at, at, uh, at Bud here and puts a giant gash in Bud's head. And, and it looks great, uh, to be honest, the giant gash in his head. But Michael Rooker dies. And it's like 20 minutes into the movie. And I'm like, hey, where's my Rooker? Love that guy. But then Lonnie gets it from uh, the new girl who uh, her character's name is Danny Wilkins. And she's playing Melanie Diaz. Her character's name is Danny Wilkins. And she's being played by Melanie Diaz. I know I just said that, but I feel like I am saying things and then I'm, it's, not coming out of my mouth properly. This might be a Rocky episode. They have the classic Lord of the Flies combo to figure out leadership roles. And 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 you know what? At this point, I'm like, it's testing me too. Because uh, like a bunch of the group is saying, let's, yeah, let's kill 30 people. And then the other group is saying, we don't have the right to do that whatsoever. So we can't. So it's it's an interesting kind of uh, it's an exper it's a fully social experiment while you watch it because you're kind of like who which group would you go with you know would you go with the guys who want to you know survive this or do you want to go with the people who you know want to try to you know outwit the people that are already blowing people's heads up I don't know I don't know who I'd go with uh, they try and open the weapon safe that I talked about. There's only one set of keys and our man Evan has them. He's not giving them up for nobody, not a soul, uh, but they're trying to open it with a blowtorch um, and they get in. So good for them. Uh, not with the blowtorch though. They end up taking the keys back from Evan, but we'll get back to that. They make a, they make a sign to hang off the building to call for help um, and the voice says that we will blow the charges if you try to do that again. And then Mike tries to do it again and that they don't blow the charges. This is where I thought, oh, he doesn't have anything in his head. But they never bring that up. There is a point where he's in the main room where all the switches are to blow up the devices in people's heads. And he looks down and he sees his name. And I forget if it was clicked on or off. I'm not too sure. Anyway, they're running down the stairs. Evan, our security guy with the keys, he gets stabbed. The keys get taken. Bad guys get the guns. Bad guys have the guns now. What are you going to do? They just want, you know, they just want to go see their family. And I get it. There's one extra in this that's doing too much uh, for like a couple seconds. But it's, 
it is what it is, and you have to do whatever you can to get noticed, especially on a film like this, because there's so many people, but he's really going overboard. But I appreciate it. I appreciate the hustle. Thank you. Once they get executed, uh, Barry, our boss, Tony, Tony Goldwyn, he starts figuring out, okay, these are the people that are going to have to get taken out. Um, and it gets fucked. It's, he tries to rationalize and he goes, anyone with kids under the age of 18, come forward. Okay. You guys don't get murdered. Anyone over the age of 60, you come here, you're going to get murdered because you're over 60 and you've lived 60 years. Not fair. Not fair. Uh, but he's like, damn, only seven people are over the age of 60. Like, yeah, you think? Most people after 65 are retired. No, I don't know. Uh, they start executing people. It's just chaos. Uh, and then the new hire is hiding the whole time, and she hits the lights, and everyone starts running around. And everyone's kind of fighting back. And I'm like, great, we're getting juicy here. We're at like 40 minutes, though. I'm like, okay, we're getting juicy. People are fighting back. People are killing some people uh, that have been pointing guns at them the whole time. And I feel kind of crazy because a lot of people are dying here and there. And I'm trying to keep a tally of how many people are dying to see if they've met their quota of killing 30 people or not. And that's where you kind of feel yourself like super immersed into the film because you're like, oh, shit. I hope they make 30. <laughs> Yikes. But they don't hit their quota. They are one short. They're supposed to kill 30. They only kill 29. And then 31 people's heads explode around. So, yikesies. <laughs> but there is a new task now, now that 60 people are dead. Uh, whoever kills the most people gets to live. Pretty simple, right? Thanks, voice. Like I said, this is very baseline. There's, I know this is like, sounds boring so far, but this is how it went. And there was no like chemistry between people. There was no, I don't know. There was, there, there, there was some funny jokes here and there. But there was no, like, deep dives on anyone. There was no, you know, investigations. There was no, um, I don't know. There was, like, a little bit of character development, but there was, like, no, like, humanity behind it. Even uh, Mike Milch, he, he just kind of, eh, like, whatever. He was, like, the voice of reason, but I was like, okay, I don't care. Uh, one woman tries to seduce Barry, and he you know, he slowly walks over to her and he puts his gun in the back of his pants and he kind of grabs her face like he's about to kiss her and then he just spins her head around, breaks her neck, and then he says, I can't waste a bullet. That's badass. It's a movie, guys. Relax. There's a sweet elevator kill. Gotta have a sweet elevator kill where someone gets chopped in half. And every time I think that someone is gonna make it out at some point, they get killed out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere. The whole movie is people getting killed. But out of just, I'm like, oh, great. Sean Gunn is going to make it out. Nope. Spoiler. Sorry. Oh, great. Keith uh, or, or Josh Brenner is going to make it out. Nope. If you don't know who that is, he was in Silicon Valley and a bunch of other movies. I do like him. Our boy Vince uh, Agost Agostino. 
played by Brent Sexton. He uh, starts throwing Molotov cocktails. He was kind of another voice of reason. I almost wanted him to like be the voice of reason, but it was fucking Mike. Uh, but he starts throwing Molotov cocktails. Great, great stuff. Uh, you gotta love it. There's a really good scene where he gets shot and then one blows up behind him. Looks really cool. Then our new hire gets in an elevator, goes downstairs, elevator doors open, and she eats a bullet in the face. The Departed style. If you haven't seen The Departed, I'm sorry. Go watch it, then watch this movie. Then you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, great little scene. Oh, and then Mike's work wife died. Leandra Flores, played by Adria Arana. Oh, my work wife died. The 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 person they they make out at the starting of the movie, and I don't care about them the rest of the movie. So not not really don't really care that he's crying about this. I didn't see one moment where they were like they were pissed at each other most of the time because she was on one side and he was on another. Whatever. Uh, when Mike finally kills the boss, yes, that's right. Uh, the bad guy doesn't get away with it. Uh, when he kills Barry, uh, it's cartoony and quick. And the end fight scene was like over and done with. I was like, all right, I guess wrap it up. I'm not too sure. Uh, and then we meet the guy on the intercom, the voice, the man, the myth, the legend. And he looks like he's got wax all over his face. But... It is uh, Greg Henry, uh, and he's in most of James Gun- uh, James Gunn's stuff. So, liked that, like him. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Good actor, great look. He should play the president in a movie. So, like I said, Mike meets, Mike's the last survivor. He meets the voice. And from him being like this kind of nobody in this like he gets beat up in in the the building, he gets thrown around, uh, and he goes from like Jim from the office to like James Bond in like a second when he's with the voice, because then he kills the guy who's the voice and his like bodyguards and stuff. And I'm just like, where the fuck did this guy come from? And you're exhausted after all that too. It didn't make any sense. It, I was I was very unclear about that. Was kind of hoping for a twist, um, and like not for the like Mike to kill the guy in charge. Um, I would have liked a more shocking ending. Like I would have liked Mike to die, or like his like a like a rat or something crawl over his switch and blow up in his head or something like that. Like so, something like that, but it just didn't. And God, I, I don't know this. I thought something bigger was going to happen and it didn't. And I was a little bit disappointed. And then at the very end, they reveal it's, uh, it's happening all over the world. It's happening in 40 other locations. So, and everything's being surveillanced. So that's pretty much it. That is the Belco experiment. Uh, so let's just, I'm just going to give it a rating because I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. The way that we rate our films is that we, uh, we rate it with Don's dollars, $1 being the least amount of money that we'd spend to go see in a movie theater and 10 being the most amount of money that we'd spend to go see in a movie theater. And I liked the premise. I liked the intensity. 
the gore was okay. Um, it reminded me of Mayhem. It reminded me of The Office in some weird way. It reminded me of Die Hard. It reminded me it like it reminded me of Squid Game in in a weird way as well. Some bonus points here. Uh, the trailer is all Legos. They they, they made a, a a trailer out of Legos, and they have Michael Rooker's uh, Lego as as Yondu, and that's who he plays in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But let's get back to the rating. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this uh, two dollars just right down the hatch. Sorry if you enjoyed this movie, but it didn't do it for me. Uh, the gore was great, but it couldn't save just how bleak everything was. Very, very predictable, but it is what it is. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting. Uh, thank you for uh, being there for your friends and your family. Uh, I love that about you. And uh, yeah, if you have a work wife and she dies in front of you uh, and you have a real wife uh, at home uh, don't go to the work wife's funeral uh, and say in your speech that she was your work wife okay love ya <laughs>